Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. So it's just so great that you're here this morning. Thank you so much for coming, um, choosing to worship with us today. I hope that you've been touched by God in some way. And this morning, we, we're going to continue along our journey um, of Elisha, uh, looking at his life of faith. And this morning, we're in the, the second week of a four-week series on Elisha. And uh, we're discovering out of his life some principles of faith. And we want to look at a verse of Scripture this morning in 2 Kings chapter 3. And uh, hopefully it will be helpful to us. But we wanted to recap a little bit. Uh, we discovered Elisha um, last week and we draw, drew two principles um, out of his life around the issue, the topic of faith. And the first thought that we, we drew out of Elisha's life of faith is this. Number one, first thought is this. Faithful service leads to great faith opportunities. Amen? Faithful service leads to great faith opportunities. When Elijah came and he found Elisha, Elisha was simply serving and being faithful to his family serving on the farm. And we made the point last week that the Bible was very clear that Elisha was found at the rear end of, of um, 12 oxen. He was plowing the field and he was right at the last at the, the end. You can imagine that view all day. Wouldn't be much of a view. That's where we find Elisha. And uh, the point that we discovered is to faithful service. Never discount the power of faithfully serving God. That's the first thought. Never discount the power of faithfully serving God. You might be, you might be uh, on a team in a church and you might think that, that that role that you're doing is not that spectacular. But I want to say today, God's watching you. He's watching your heart. He's watching your faithfulness. And you know what? At God's time, at God's appointed time, just like he did with Elisha, I believe that faithfulness leads to the next great opportunity of, of faith, amen, of God propelling us in the next thing that he has for us. So that's the first thing that we discovered about Elisha. And the other thing that we discovered about Elisha, about faith, is this. The, the thought is this. You don't have to understand fully to obey immediately. You don't have to understand fully to obey immediately. And what we saw, what we th thought from that is that we see that Elijah, the great prophet of God, comes along, he gets his garment, he throws it over Elisha as a way of saying, Elisha, you're going to be my apprentice, my uh, pr apprentice prophet in the future. And as we looked at the life of Elisha, we see that Elisha doesn't go and um, 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 seek his parents' permission or whatnot. It basically says that he uh, has a barbecue, he cooks up the oxen, he burns the plow, and he just goes and follows the call of God. Amen. So the second thing that we thought uh, found about faith is that you don't have to understand fully to obey immediately. Amen. So this morning we want to look at a story from 2 Kings chapter 3. We want to draw some more. If you've got your Bible this morning, open it up. You've got your iPad, whatever it is that you've got. You can open up that this morning. 2 Kings chapter 3, uh, and we, 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 we read of a story of three kings. Three kings in the Bible there, and they go out to battle, uh, presuming that they have a plan against the one king, the king of the Mo Moabites. And they thought that it would be an easy victory. Uh, but what we find in the story, that things don't go to plan. Have you ever had that happen to you in your life? Where you've got a plan and you, you go and uh, attempt something and you do something, you, you think that you've got it all figured out and then something happens that totally throws us. Anyone? Yep, yeah, we've all been there. It's like we've got a plan, but 
things don't quite go to plan. We might have started a, a business and it fails or we thought we had a plan for retirement and something changes and it doesn't work out well. For these three kings, that's exactly what happened to them. They're out marching for battle, are pretty self-assured about the victory, but then something happens that they didn't count on. And we find it in 2 Kings chapter 3. If it's not up on the screen, I'll read it to you this morning. It says, So the king of Israel went out with the king of Judah and the king of Edom, and they marched on that roundabout route seven days. And there was no water for the armies, nor for the animals that followed them. They go out to battle. They're presuming that they've got it all worked out and they come across this incredible problem. They run out of water. A big problem to have, especially uh, in that relation there, in the, probably in the desert, in the wilderness, there's no water. Big, 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 big problem to have. And what we know about these kings, I wanted to highlight what we find in the first part of 2 Kings chapter 3 is this is what we discover is that none of them were walking with God. In fact, the Bible mentions about Jehoshaphat, and it says in uh, the first part of 2 Kings chapter 3 uh, that Jehoshaphat, uh, he did evil in the sight of God, but not as much as his father. <laughs> so he was doing evil, but not as much as his father. And what we find about these three kings is that none of them were serving or seeking God. So the three kings go out to battle, and the first mistake that they make is that none of them sought God. Listen to it this morning. There's an application here for us. They figure that it's a good idea, but what they really needed was a God idea. See the difference between the two? They had a good idea. They thought it made sense for the three of them to come together. They thought it, made, it added up for them to go out to battle. They thought it was doable. And the first point about faith is this I want to make this morning. When making big life decisions, seek God in prayer and the counsel of others. First thought this morning. The kings, in their arrogance, didn't seek God, didn't seek counsel, colluded amongst themselves, went out to battle, and they faced a big problem. They had no water. You know, we can be that way as well. And when it comes to big decisions in life, it's so important that life decisions need the author of the law. Excuse me. Life decisions need the author of life's input. Listen again. Life decisions, the big ones that we make, need the author of life's input. Proverbs chapter 3 says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, listen to this, in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will what? He will what? He will direct your path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your your path. So, so important when it comes to big decisions in life, we need to seek God's encouragement. We need to seek God's direction. And, you know, you may not always get a, uh, might not always get a decisive yes or no, but you can be sure that if you're submitting your plans to God, He will direct your path. The kings failed to do that. They didn't seek God. They went out there and they faced a big problem. Second thought about life's decisions. Life's decisions need the wisdom of other people as well. So when we've got a big decision, a big step of faith to make, and this series is all about encouraging us to take greater steps of faith. Come on. You're a big ship. You're not made for calm waters. Hallelujah. Jesus said if you had faith as a mustard seed, glory to God, we are made for bigger things. Oh, glory to God. We're going to have to start talking about politics again to get you riled up. 
Come on. We, we are made for great things. Hallelujah. But when it comes to those big decisions, we seek God, but we also seek the counsel of others as well. Listen to this here in Proverbs chapter 11, 14. It says, where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22 has a similar sentiment. So does Proverbs chapter 24, verse 6. It has exactly the same sentiment. It's so important that when we have big decisions that we make, we seek the counsel and the wisdom of others as well. And when it comes to big life decisions for yourself, we seek God. The, 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 the kings failed to do that. They didn't seek God. And as a result of that, they paid a price. But they also didn't seek anyone else's counsel as well except each other's. And that wasn't very good because none of them were working, walking with God or right with God. But it's so important that not only do we seek God for direction, but we seek the wisdom of others as well. People that have gone before us, people that may have done something similar to what we're wanting to do as well. So important that we seek the counsel of others. I, in relation to that, I think about the, the, the building development that's going on here. That is, it is a, it is a, sizable, it is a sizable project that we've committed to. But you know, I reflect on, I reflect on this building that was built probably 14 years ago. And I reflect on the people at that point, what an amazing challenge it must have been for them. We had uh, 29 piers that had to be drilled out there, anywhere from 1.5 to 2 meters, and uh, excuse me, 1.5 to 3 meters. And I'm happy to say that we hit rock on every occasion. People go, I don't know what you mean. That's all right, we'll just move on. But it was good. We hit rock on every occasion. There was a bit of anxiety there. We hit the sewer main. We hit power. We don't know. When they put the foundations for this place, I mean, the foundations had to go into this rock here. And the rock here is hard rock. I mean, I just it blows me away of the, the work that's gone into this house of all the people before us. Hallelujah. And now today, we're enjoying the benefits of that. In 10 years' time, other people will be enjoying the benefits of the facility here. And all the community members, the families that are being reached every week and every year through the daycare center. Hallelujah. People hanging out, having, having fellowship and, and connecting out there. They'll, they'll be enjoying that. Hallelujah. But I want to encourage us. We're together. But when it came to, the, to the, the, this development here, you know, the, 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 the board didn't just wake up one day and just say, we're going to do this. And no, 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 no. You know, our committee of managers has been working on this now for probably uh, in excess of uh, seven years now, planning, preparing. And, you know, we, 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 we put a business plan together for this whole project. And so the committee, um, um, some of them are, uh, most of them are um, 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 highly qualified for this sort of stuff. But once we did that plan, then we sought more wisdom. We took it to a business consultant and said, does all this all add up? Does it make sense? And, you know, they were on board with that. Then we took it to similar business owners that were a similar thing that we're going to attempt to do out there as well. And they said, yes, it all added up. And then finally, we took it to INC Invest and we said to the board, board, what do you think about this? We sought counsel from outside. And when it comes to big decisions for your life, it's so important that you seek counsel from outside as well. Amen. Hear from God. Get direction from Him. Seek the Lord in all your ways. Acknowledge Him. and He mightn't say, go this way or go that way, but He will ultimately direct your path if you're seeking Him. Amen. So that's what the three kings failed to do. I'm raving on, so I better keep moving. That's what they failed to do um, there. They failed to seek God. They thought it was a good idea, but what they needed was a God idea. It's what the kings do next. That's what we often do as well. They're like freaking out and, and, and they look and, and, and start to go, well, what are we going to do? And they do what we often do as well. 
Because look at what the Bible says that they start to say about the situation that they're in. It says this, But Jehoshaphat said, Is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? So one of the servants of the king answered and said, Elisha, uh, the son of Saphat, is here, who poured water on the hands of Elijah. What does that mean, poured water on the hands of Elijah? It means uh, Elisha served Elijah. Very powerful principle there. And Jehoshaphat said, The word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel, Jehoshaphat, and the king of Edom went down to him. All of a sudden, when they're in trouble, they do what a lot of us do. Oh, God, help me, I'm in trouble. Haven't you ever done that? We, we can do that. The key is, though, to seek God before we get to that. Oh, God, help me, I'm in trouble. But that's exactly what they do. And so they sort of thinking amongst themselves, is there anyone who's, you know, who's like good with God that we know? Is there anyone who can do a little rain dance for us? I don't even know what that would look like. I'm not going to even try it. Is there anyone that could do a rain dance? Is there anyone who's like really good with God? Is there anyone who could pull some spiritual strings for us? And they said, oh, yeah, there's Elijah the prophet. Maybe he can help us out. You know, how many times do we do this after the disaster? Hey, God, I'm in trouble. Get me out of here. But it's so important to be seeking God beforehand so that we don't get to that time. God is still good and still faithful, but it's so important. So they're freaking out, and rather than seeking God in the beginning, they go, uh-oh, we're in trouble. We need a bit of God help here. And by the time they had sought Elisha, Elisha had been in his ministry for about one year, and some of the miracles, he divides the Jordan River. He speaks to a, a spring of polluted water and speaks, and as a result, the water is purified and be able to be uh, uh, drank. Uh, we see that he, uh, he, he, uh, he, 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 he discovers a bunch of uh, young people and uh, they say this to him, go up your bald head, go up your bald head. And uh, he gets a bit upset about that and he curses, sends a curse on them. And while they're, while they're um, leaving him, um, the Bible says the two female bears come out and mauled 42 of them. Isn't that bizarre? I'm not making up. It's in the Bible. But you know, the moral of the story is don't give a bald man a hard time. So the kings go to Elisha. Then Elisha said to the king of Israel, this is what he responds. And Elisha said to the king of Israel, what have I to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother. In other words, he's saying, you're not walking with God. Why would I even be bothering with you? That's what he's saying. But the king of Israel said to him, No, for the Lord called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. And Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, surely were it not that I agreed the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not look at you nor see you. It wasn't for the fact that Joshua once served God uh, that he wouldn't have done anything for them. The important thought is this moving on. He says to them after that, Now, but now bring me a musician. But now bring me a musician. I just want to touch a little, a couple of thoughts on that just before we get ready to conclude this morning. He says, but now bring me a musician. It was often the, the case in the Old Testament that when a prophet would get ready to prophesy, there would be a time of worship before that. Amen. So he's saying, I really, really shouldn't be putting up with you. You're not walking with God. But for the fact that Jehoshaphat once walked with, with God, I'll now seek God to get a word for you. Bring me a musician. 
So he starts to worship God, and out of that place of worship, he receives a word that we'll finish on in a couple of moments' time. But the point that I want to make is this. If we really want to hear from God, one of the great ways to do that is to set our hearts towards God in worship firstly. Amen? Just to take the time, whatever that might look for you, and uh, it might be in your car, it might be at home, but it's so important when we're seeking God. Like Elisha said, bring me a musician. Why? Because he wanted to prepare his heart. He wanted to get in tune. And worship gets us in tune with God. It gets us taking our eyes off ourselves because often when it comes to coming into the presence of God, so often it's all of our doubts and all of our fears and all of our concerns and all the things that we have to do, and it sort of robs our distress. But if we start to worship God, hallelujah. That's why it's so important to come to church on a Sunday where you can re-engage with God, worship Him. Hallelujah. So it's so important if we want to hear from God, we take the time to worship Him. So Elisha gets the instrument. Um, or they play the instrument, they bring the musician, and he starts to hear from God. Verse 15 and 16, it says, Then it happened when the music played, then the hand of the Lord came upon him and said, Thus says the Lord, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. The kings are probably standing there, and they're hearing from Elijah, the word of the Lord for them is make this valley full of ditches. We thought God was going to make it rain. We're going to take all of our shoes off and go running through the paddles, uh, through the puddles and enjoy the rain. And you're telling us and our troops are about to die of thirst. You want them to do manual labor under the hot desert sun. Verse 17 says this. For this is what the Lord says. You will see neither wind nor rain, yet this valley will be filled with water for you, your cattle, and your other animals. This is an easy thing in the eyes of the Lord. Elisha also goes on to prophesy that God will also deliver Moab into the hands um, um, first. But I I want you to start by digging ditches. The three kings are thinking God will just make it rain and all we'll need to do is to sit back and wait. But here's the next principle of faith. Faith must be mixed with works. True faith is mixed with works. God is saying, hey, I'll bring the water, but I want to see your faith first. I can do that. I can bring the water, but where's your faith? What are you doing? So what does he say? I want you to dig ditches. Faith must be mixed with work. I'm talking about faith that is effective, a faith that moves the heart of God, a faith that uh, evokes a response from God, faith that believes that God is going to act and we act and take a step towards God, believing that God is going to take a step towards us. And the faith thought is this this morning, only God can send the water but sometimes he wants you to dig a ditch. Sorry for what? <laughs> That's family, isn't it? <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. That's cool. Listen to it again. The faith thought is this. Only God can send the water, but sometimes he wants you and I to dig a ditch. James chapter 2, verse 26 says, Just as the body is dead without breath, so also is faith dead without what? Without what? Faith without works is dead. God was in in essence saying to the three kings and to each of us, you show me your faith and I will show you my faithfulness. All over the New Testament, you see it time and time again, the Bible would say that Jesus saw their faith. Jesus saw their faith. He saw their faith and he marveled at them. And my question is, what did he see? The faith grimace? 
A faith stance. Got faith, God. What did he see? A worship song happening. Oh, Lord. No. What did he see? He saw faith. He saw action. When Peter got out of the boat, what was that? A step off. A step of faith. The other 11 stayed in the boat, but Peter took a step of faith onto the water. Jesus saw that. He saw their faith. The man with the issued, the, 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 the withered arm. The man with the withered arm. He could have just said, hey, just your arm be healed. But what did he say to the man to do? Stick out your arm. Why did he need him? He wanted to see his faith. You get it? Action. Taking a step. He saw that. Oh, glory to God. Think about that. Think about the woman with the issue of blood. The woman with the issue of blood. I mean, that's a whole just sermon just talking about that. But she had faith. She pressed through the crowd and she touched the hem of Jesus' garment. And because of her faith, she was healed. See, faith is steps. Faith is action. Faith is just not a mindset. It's not like, oh, I've got faith. No, faith is stepping out into the unknown, going where no man or woman has been before. Possibly. I think it was in a movie. <laughs> That's why Jesus said he saw their faith. Saw it. Saw their faith. So the, the, God's saying to the king, he's, oh, I want to see your faith. Show me your faith. I believe today that there are too many people that are just like waiting for God to show them their faithfulness, but they're not showing God any faith. You need to take a step of faith. And my question to you this morning is this, what ditch is God calling you to dig right now? What ditch is God calling you to dig? Jesus saw their faith. God's wanting to see our faith as well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'd be a little bit, a little bit bold here today in God. You know, it's been many steps of faith to get where we are right now with what's happening with the building and the project. And it was a big step of faith to come together in agreements and say, yes, we'll sign the documents. Big step of faith. But I know in all of my heart that God is with us and God is for us and God has gone before us. Hallelujah. We're going to be amazed at the miracles and the lives that are going to be transformed. And kids, kids that are going to get the seed of God sown in their heart. Hallelujah. As you know, little babies all the way up to, I think it's age five or six, they're going to get God's word in their heart. Hallelujah. That's a, that's, a, that's a dream worth taking a step of faith for, isn't it? Love the thought. So what ditch is God calling you to dig? If I could just have the musicians this morning. First faith thought, only God can send the water, but sometimes he wants you to dig a ditch. Second faith thought is thought is this real faith believes big but is willing to start small real faith believes big but is willing to start small how do you how do you dig a ditch oh thanks you dig a ditch one small dig at a time don't you one small push of the shovel 
a time. Book of Zechariah, I love this thought here. Real faith believes big but is willing to start small. Zechariah 4.10 says, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Real faith believes big but is willing to start small. There are too many Christians not thinking big enough. We serve a God who can do exceedingly and abundantly more than you could ever ask or think or imagine. And I believe that God's wanting to challenge us and encourage us. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter about anything to do with your state in life. It's all got to do with God in you. Don't think that you're too old. Never. Come on. Come on. We're never too old to do that next thing that God has called us to do. Don't think that you're too young. Glory to God. God can use us. We just need to be willing to step out. Take the first step of obedient faith, whatever that might look like, and then watch what God can do. Conclusion of the story, the the kings dug the ditches. They did what they could do and were asked to do. Then God did what only he could do. Get it? And it says this, 2 Kings chapter 3, it says, Now it happened in the morning when the grain offering was offered, that suddenly water came by Edom, and the land was filled with water. (laughs) Don't you love that this morning? And the land was filled with water. Today, what is God asking of you? What step of faith is he asking you to take? This morning, if we could just could, just to bow our heads, close our eyes for a moment this morning. What does that first step of faith look like to you this morning? What what does it look like today? That first obedient step to say, God, I know that you're you're you're, you're happy, you're you're okay with me starting small because you don't despise small beginnings. You're happy with that, you're cool with that. But God, what is the first step that you're asking me to take? Come on, before God this morning. It might be in your family might be in your finances, might be in your health, might be in your home, might be in your school, might be in your university, might be in your street. It could be anywhere. What is that first step that God's calling you to take? Let him speak to you this morning. Lord, just before God, before you this morning, we just still our hearts. We thank you. That you are so faithful, Lord. Help us this morning to identify the next step of obedient faith that you have for us. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We bless you. No, you so love us. Well, amen.